There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watson. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on August the 1st, 2013. I always start off by suggesting to people that they should make good use of CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. Lots of audios for download, and I go through the system they were born into and explain. I fill in all the blank bits, really, uh, that uh, they take out of history as to why things happen, because nothing happens on a big scale in the world without years and years and years of planning by big organizations and governments. Nothing at all. And therefore, when you, when you see wars coming up or free trade coming up or new negotiations, these have taken years and years in the planning stage, never mind the diplomatic stages too, with other countries involved to get the things eventually through. So we're living through a planned agenda. That's how the world is really run, like a big business plan. And it surprised me years ago to find out that big businesses, the international corporations, actually work out their strategies for 50 years ahead, sometimes even longer, to do with investments, takeovers, and so on, eliminating competition, all of these things. And government is exactly the same thing. And government really is just an arm of the international corporations today because uh, the, the big foundations that set themselves up over 100 years ago decided to take over the world since they already pretty well owned a lot of it already. And they were behind the big wars because they also own the military-industrial complex. Now I'm talking about the big international bankers. They actually own the military-industrial complex corporations that you're so familiar with. And they decided to take over the whole world and bring and run the world properly, the way it should be run, according to them, since they believe they're the most intelligent of their kind on the planet and everybody else was simply uh, dependent on them for work, etc., etc. You hear that a lot from big bankers, in fact, how they give us all jobs and works and so on. So... I have to see up to the website, you'll find the history of it too, the foundations that they run that really advise governments across the whole planet on all their, their various policies and social policies and so on. And, uh, and how they, they, they also put in their own members as prime ministers and presidents. I've done that for an awful long time. It doesn't matter what side you think they're on, there's no sides in this game. Because when you look into an organization such as the CFR, a Royal Institute of International Affairs, you'll find at the global meetings, you'll find the top labor unions there, top communists there, even to some dictators there, along with all the representatives of your own governments too. It's all the same policy. And the policy is to bring in a system where the world is run privately by corporations, as Quigley said. And he was the historian for the CFR. And he said that was the agenda. Uh, and they'd privatize everything. All the government services and so on would become privatized, uh, owned by corporations. And that's what we have today. And as they amalgamate countries into, into, uh, into super states like the EU, new Soviet system, uh, they, they privatize all the services back into smaller countries. They're no, really lo- they're no longer countries. No, 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 they're not sovereign anymore, put it that way. They're, they're countries in name only. So it's all working out to plan. And then as I said, going to cuttingthroughthematrix.com, you'll find out how it's all been set up. Remember, too, that you help me tick along here by supporting me and buying the books and discs at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. 
because I, I could take on advertisers as guests and so on and sell stuff show after show, and then I'd be sitting pretty, of course. But then I think you could also compromise you in certain ways too. So I rely upon people to buy the books and discs. Now from the US to Canada, if you want to understand how the, the system works and some of the history of it, it's a very old system, this, and the art of controlling millions of people is very old indeed and well understood. You can go buy the books, as I say, and to do so uh, from the US to Canada, you can still use personal checks or international postal money orders from the post office, or you can send cash or use PayPal across the world. You've got Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal, and straight nations are seriously welcome as you go through the planned inflation, which is simply devaluation of your currencies to print more cash. And that's the plan worldwide right now, because eventually uh, the plan is to is to uh, have the Bank for International Settlements uh, run the whole show across the planet with the IMF and the World Bank. All private institutions set up, again, by one organization, one private organization, a club, if you like, in the city of London, and it's called the Royal Institute for International Affairs. So that's the, the, the agenda, and as I say, the, I'm not speaking at the top of my, he- my hat here or the, my head. It's from their own personal historian who is in charge of their archives. And the reason these organizations have their own archives is they, again, fill in all the blank bits in history. They tell you who finances the wars, who, who benefits from them, the corporations which are all involved with them, of course, all members of these organizations, and they, they tell you where it's all supposed to go. And at the end, uh, the big stick is money. And then by the use of government to, to force laws through on the public, uh, forcing vaccinations and all these kind of things, uh, telling you uh, which private corporations you must use now for healthcare and all the other things, um, everything's becoming privatized. And they're bringing it into austerity, planned austerity. And the big corporations don't lose anything at all. It's the best gimmick of all because planned austerity means the big international corporations that take over your water supplies from the public utilities and your gas supplies, all of these things that you build up over generations through the public tax money has been privatized. These corporations will make more money than ever. Uh, and uh, and you, there'll be no choices, by the way, for people to, to there's no competition once it's, it's done and signed into law by governments. And they'll give you less, but they'll charge you about 10 times more. So it's a great con, actually, uh, for them to get a lot more money for giving you less. So it's beautiful, really. Everything is a con. And as I say, it's the art of conology that runs the world. It really is. has been for an awful, awful long time. Today, now with neuroscientists on board with all of this, the understanding of the human mind, mapping the brain, all the big projects are on the go, and uh, psycholinguistics or neurolinguistics, as I like to call it now, the type of terminology they use to bring you to your conclusion uh, with a total control of media, which is on board, because um, the media, of course, had to be on board with the big corporations from the very beginning and the big uh, philanthropic organizations or foundations. And they're all members of it. All the big uh, moguls in the media are members of the Royal Institute of International Affairs, CFR. Uh, their job is to keep running in circles, to make you think that crises just happen out the blue, and that government has to go into action to, to, to resolve them on the spot. And I can say nothing is further from the truth because anything to do with economy, uh, free trade, uh, uh, wars, all of these things take, take a long, many, many years uh, to do just in the planning stage itself before anything is implemented. Years and years in the planning. And uh, remember, too, with free trade negotiations, which again was the, the brain child of, um, 
the Royal Institute of International Affairs, this private organization, they, uh, they said that free trade eventually it w- would uh, tie up the world into trading blocks. And the first world countries must pay for the third world countries that join. Uh, in other words, you'll pay for their hospitals, for the setting of factories near countries with your tax money. Uh, they'll still be allowed to tax your imports, uh, your exports to their countries, uh, but uh, you won't be allowed to tax the imports they demand that you take from them. That's what free trade really is. That's what we're still doing with China, by the way. For 20 years, they, they can, or 25 years, they can actually uh, keep charging for your import duties from the U.S., Canada, and elsewhere. Well, you must accept your stuff uh, gratis, basically free. Now, the, the, the taxes you're losing back home in the first world countries or, the, or the, 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 the governments are losing are not being lost at all because they simply introduced new taxes from the general population. And that's what that's what's all about, is to make up for the taxes they're losing on import duties. At one time, the import duties ran the country, even before income taxes. So you're living through a planned agenda. It's a global agenda. Every country is on board with this. The ones who haven't been on board are being bombed out of existence right now. And then they've been given a thing called democracy, which is a nice sham. And they're given uh, debts by a central private bank installed. And then they borrow money from the World Bank. And the IMF comes down like a ton of bricks, demanding massive compound interest. It's a wonderful scam, mind you. And... Uh, there's, there's really nothing in this world right now to oppose this agenda, nothing whatsoever. The, the unfortunate part is, too, all their big think tanks that belong to these groups have studied us so well, and they know we will adapt to anything, given time and the right indoctrination. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the only thing that matters and that's the big world system that runs us all because it knows where it's going, every country's involved, all the top politicians are involved, in fact they're members of one organisation worldwide and they swear allegiance to it and their allegiance comes before any other oath they take afterwards, believe you me. Now, part of the whole idea of free trade, too, and we've got all of these things going on. We've got the one with, the, with China. We've got free trade pacts with countries across the planet. And you've got the, uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership free trade deal, too. And there's many other ones to do with Latin America. It's all to do with uniting the continents together. Uh, first, the continent itself, and then uh, with other continents. And so that's why they're doing this now. Now, the organization, again, when it was called the Milner Group, the Lord Alfred Milner Group, that ran the system and it morphed into the Royal Institute for International Affairs, it came up with the whole idea a long time ago, about 100 years ago, and they tried to get it in uh, during the times just prior to and then during and after World War One, And they set up these deals with the U.S., uh, and they called them pan-European projects and pan-American projects and so on, but the public wouldn't go for it at the time, so they knew they'd take a long haul, and it would take them maybe a 100 years to bring in properly and train the public to accept it gradually. And they certainly went to that task and did it awfully well because now it's all happening. Now, the 21st century, they claim, is a century for change. That means all the plans that were worked out for society 
and the elimination of nations even were, were, will come into effect in this century. And then the proper restructuring of society, ordering of society into classes, proper classes, they, they call it that sort of eugenesis at the top, and, uh, and so on, will be done as well. And we're all categorized today. Uh, it's not just information to do with uh, spying and so on. It's all important to the big boys is categorizing you because that's why they've got to make personality profiles of every individual, everybody in their family, uh, their family history. In other words, they're doing genetics on you. They're starting to see what, not just what illnesses you're prone to, but uh, what's, what kind of IQ you have and so on and so on and so on. It's all to do with this. Uh, many of the big players that helped bring in this present system you're living through with all the things you accept as normal to do with culture were planned 50, 60 years ago by big players who published their findings because they took part in these global meetings and have gone through a lot of the history at the end of World War II uh, when organizations were brought into the White House even and given permission by their president to recreate the culture for America, which they did awfully well. The Macy Group was one of them. And uh, you had the Frankfurt School as well. And they did the same with Britain and the rest of, of Europe, uh, a new culture. And it was really along the lines of the communist culture. And Professor Carl Quigley, the historian of the CFR, said himself that they were often mistaken for communists because their agenda was primarily the same. The big bankers, remember, created the CFR, Royal of International Affairs, and they liked that form of, of socialism where government is big, it has agencies running the public, and many of these agencies are to do with even training children at school and in forms of indoctrination to serve the system better. So it's all underway today uh, that people have adapted into it quietly. The destruction of the family unit was another thing too. They said it was an obsolete idea. What they really said too was that uh, uh, families tend to stand up uh, against government intrusion, uh, or when government decided to take someone out or whatever or imprison them because they were speaking out about things many other families because they all had so much in common would stand up beside them and that was their opposition for centuries once the family is eliminated the government can come down just like Big Brother and George Orwell's 1984 and talk directly down to you so we're, we're at that stage today uh, the big players too like Julian Huxley who worked with the United Nations, different departments. He was uh, more explicit on it. He said, we'll create massive uh, promiscuity. And he said that the more partners a child will have, even if we can get them into this before they even get puberty, he says, they'll never mate for life. They don't want families mated that way, you see. And it's worked out awfully well, hasn't it, since the 60s and uh, and the, the so-called sexual revolution. Now, most things are done through revolutions, you understand, and most revolutions are cultural. And those who run the revolutions know exactly where it's all supposed to go. Now, when this nation-state was declared to be obsolete by the head of the, the, the European Union, this massive super-conglomerate parliament that nobody wanted... It's not uh, democratic by any means at all. And Dupuis or Dupuis, whatever you want to call him, uh, he said himself, he said the nation state is obsolete. And uh, he really meant it. He, was, he wasn't speaking just on his own behalf. He was talking about the United Nations and all the big boys and, and the, the, the social systems. They're all for this, working for it. And part of the system is they bring countries down into austerity, supposed austerity. It's all to do with control and the moving in of private corporations to take over all the public utilities and so on and really just charge you a lot, that's the whole idea. Because when your, your life is being run or you're dependent 
for everything that you need from private corporations, uh, then there's no point in complaining to the private corporations. You'll be given no choice because the government is working with them. They're giving sole corporations, this, this one or that one, the complete right over a particular area or service or whatever. And then when you complain to the government and say, well, we can't do anything about it because it's a private company with nothing to really do with it now. And this is how they're introducing, as Quigley said, uh, this new feudal system where the overlords, the new overlords of the people are the CEOs of corporations. They have more say in many ways than, than politicians, more say. And the politicians know this as well. They work quite happily with them because they all, at the top, as I say, belong to the same organization. So we're living through a planned sham. Uh, the bankers love it. They really love it because it's far easier to get governments to form something like an IRS to get back uh, taxes from the public to pay loans that the nation borrows rather than simply ground the nation like they used to do uh, and, and lend individually to areas. They get the government to do it. It's far, far better for them. Now, part of the privatization, as they sneak it all in, is done by Serco. It's a massive company. It's into everything you can imagine. And what's happening in Britain, which is a flagship for the world to follow, is happening elsewhere. But it says here that Serco is an international corporation. It's not just in Britain. It says from prisons to real franchises and even London's Boris Bikes. That's the mayor of London that came up with his bike. Serco is a giant global corporation that's hoovered up outsourced government contracts. Now the National Health Service is firmly in its sights. But it stands accused of mismanagement, lying, and even charging for non-existing work. Well, all big corporations do that, because we're living in the age of ultimate greed as well. And it says here, in May this year, a huge company listed on the London Stock Exchange found itself in the midst of controversy about a prison it runs for the government, such as the Thameside, a newly built jail next to Belmarsh in south-east London. A report by Majesty's Inspectorate found that 60% of inmates were locked up all day, and there are only vague plans to restore the prison to normality. The prison campaign group, Howard League for Penal Reform, talked about conditions that were truly alarming. Two months later, the same company was the subject of a high-profile report published by the House of Commons Public Accounts Committee, prompted by the work of Guardian journalist Felicity Lawrence. This time, attention was focused on how it was managing out-of-hours GP services in Cornwall as general practitioners and massive uh, failings that had first surfaced two years before. Again, the verdict was damning. Data had been falsified. National standards had not yet been met. There was a culture of lying and cheating, and the service offered to the public was simply not good enough. Three weeks ago, there came the grimmer news, thanks to its contracts for tagging offenders, you know, people who'd offended to put these tags on them. Uh, for electronic tags. The company was now the focus of panic at the Ministry of Justice where it had been discovered that it was one of two contractors that had somehow overcharged the government for its services, possibly as much as £50 million. There were suggestions that one in six of the tags that the state had paid for did not actually exist. How this happened is still unclear, but Justice Secretary Chris Grayling has said the allegations represent something wholly indefensible and not unacceptable. And the company, of course, as I say, is Sarko. And I'll continue on this because it's very important to see how things are going when I come back from this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back cutting through the matrix. Talk about Circle as privatized uh, uh, utilities go under one by one. Circle is one of the companies that's taken over. Lockheed Martin also is involved in a lot of this stuff, too, across the whole planet. In fact, even I think your your annual taxes are sent over to India, and, and they, they're in charge of all of that, too, plus the census for the U.S. and Canada. But anyway, back to Circle, and it says here, the firm that links these three stories together is Circle, its range of activities here and abroad, truly mind-boggling and takes in no end of things that were once done by the state, but are now outsourced to private companies. Amazingly, its contracts with government are subject to what's known as commercial confidentiality. Isn't that wonderful? So there's no point complaining to government. It says, and as a private firm, it's not open to freedom of information requests, so looking into details of what it does is fraught with difficulty. See how it was designed to be this way? And it gets all this uh, complaint, complaints departments gets them gone from the government departments. So it's no longer dealing with it, too. It says, but the basic facts are plain enough, as well as five British prisons and the tags attached to over 8,000 English and Welsh offenders. Secular seized to immigration removal centres as well, two of them, in Colnbrook near Heathrow and Yarlswood in Bedfordshire. It also sees logo in the Docklands Light Railway and Woolwich Ferry and is partnered with in both Liverpool's Merseyside Sound Network and the Northern Rail franchise and sees the trains that run a huge area between North Midlands and the English-Scottish border. Circle also runs school inspections in parts of England, speed cameras all over the UK, and the National Nuclear Laboratory based at the Sellafield site in Cumbria. It also holds the contracts for the management of the UK's ballistic missile early warning system on the Yorkshire Moors, the running of Manchester Aquatic Centre and the London's Boris Bikes. As evidenced by the story of how it handed out of ours care in Cornwall, it's also an increasingly big player in the health services being privatised at speed. Now, once they bring in the US one, they'll have it going for a few years and say it's unsustainable. And then you have one massive conglomerate, then and they'll sell it off for peanuts to their pre-planned deals, their, plan, their pals, and all with pre-planned deals, of course. Everything's a strategy, you understand, a big business strategy. It says, but anyway... The privatising the, the one in, in Britain at speed in the face of surprisingly little public opposition amongst its array of National Health Service contracts is a new role seen to community health services in Suffolk, which involves 1,030 employees. It's also set to bid for an even bigger healthcare contract in Cambridgeshire and Peterborough, the National Health Service single biggest privatisation, or if you prefer, outsourcing to date, which could be worth over £1 billion. But all this is a fraction of the story. Amongst other scores of roles across the planet, Serco is responsible for air traffic control in the United Arab Emirates, parking meter services in Chicago, driving tests in Ontario, and an immigration detention centre on Christmas Island, run on behalf of those well-known friends of overseas visitors, the Australian government. In the U.S., the company has just been awarded a controversial $1.25 billion contract by the country's Department of Health. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. All told, this operation suggests some real-life version of the fantastical mega-corporations that have long been invented by fiction writers, more benign versions of the Tyrell Corporation from Blade Runner, say, or one of those creations from James Bond movies, whose name always seems to end with the word industries. The strangest thing, though, is the gap between Circo's size and how little the public knows about it. 
Not for nothing does so much coverage of his work include the sentence, the biggest company you've never heard of. So it just shows you folks, this is how the world's really run. This is a longer article, of course, I won't read it all, but everything I read goes up at cutting through the com at the end of the broadcast. Uh, it's just fantastic. They run prisons across the planet, this company, too. And we're watching everything being privatized, the military and everything else, too. And uh, and we're all taught. You see, we're, we're so distracted with uh, um, crisis news. There's always crisis in the economy, crisis in war, whatever it happens to be. And that's all to keep you off balance while all of this stuff goes ahead. There are many techniques to keeping you uh, away from asking questions. And when you're stampeding, I've always used this term, stampeding. It's like a, a stampeding cattle. Um, once you get them going, you see... It's quite easy for the guys at the, the head to, to just steer them any way that they want them to go. It's all in a panic. And this is what they do. They keep you stampeding through crisis, crisis, crisis. Quite simple, really. Now, also, too, I mean, the thing is, that's also why the infrastructure is running down with roads and everything else. I put one link up tonight about that, too. And it's, um, it's called U.S. Roads Bridges Are Decaying Despite Stimulus Influx. This is the sort of stuff they put out in Britain years ago. Same stuff, which is true. And because, again, it's a long-term business plan. You let it go to, to, the, to, to, to ruin, and then you give it over to, to the big corporation. It ends up having the, pol- the toll roads. The public will finance for the upkeep. The big boys simply rake in the cash. It's quite a great deal, that, isn't it? But says roads with pavement in poor condition have advanced deterioration and, de- and typically require structural repair or replacement, according to the FHWA in the U.S., such roads, Trip says, may have ruts, cracks, and potholes that give millions of Americans rough rides that increase repair costs and fuel consumption. Now, it's almost the same article that came out in Britain years ago, and then Lord Rothschild came out with a bill to privatize them all, again, using public money to repair them all, and then they privatize them for peanuts, probably to his own firm, I don't know, but then they all end up being toll roads, which they own, and it was strange public-private deal with the government where you pay for its upkeep and repair, and they just rake in all the money. It's not bad. It's not bad business, isn't it? See, they see, see, they understand that government to these big boys at the top has always been their business. They own the governments. For, for over a hundred years, they've owned the governments of the world. And this is where it's all supposed to head. Now, also this article too, as we went to the, again, well, we're really in the surveillance state already and, uh, and there's more gadgetry coming out and all the rest of it, too, and laws, etc., to get more data on every single... Well, well, I understand the big boys at the top are shepherds, and you're the sheep. And every farmer knows you've got to have... These, I mean, a good farmer will know the whole genealogy of, of each sheep there, or if you're cattle, same thing. He knows it, who bred with whom to, to get this particular offspring and the strain, uh, and how much it yields and all the rest of it, what it's health-like, etc. Same with us, folks. Same with us. Yeah. But anyway, Senator uh, says, surveillance state based on secret law has no place in America. Well, they all say these the right things, but no one does anything about it. But anyway, he says, but if it's not stopped now, it may soon be too late. The U.S. government has created an, an always explaining omnipresent surveillance state. It says, always expanding surveillance state. According to Senator Ron Wyden, and if something isn't done, it may soon become impossible to dismantle. If we don't seize this unique moment in our constitutional history to reform our surveillance laws and practices, we'll all live to regret it, Wyden said in a speech at the Center for American Progress Tuesday. He's a member of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He said that although he and others in the Senate have tried to alert the U.S. 
public to the erosion of civil liberties caused by government surveillance programs. Current law bars even members of Congress from publicly disclosing details of them, of these programs. The gag order is so strict, Wagner said, that although he and some of his congressional colleagues managed to shut down an NSA mail mass monitoring program in 2011, they weren't allowed to tell anyone they had done so until just a few weeks ago. Some of this is only now starting to change, Wagner said, in light of the revelations made by NSA leaker and current asylum seeker Edward Snowden. Since last month, disclosures made by an NSA contractor lit the surveillance world on fire. Several provisions of secret law were no longer secret, and the American public were finally able to see some of the things I've been raising the alarm about for years. And when they did, he says they were stunned, and they're really angry, he says. He also says it's a law without end. Like many others in Congress, Wyden supported the Patriot Act and other national security legislation proposed in the wake of terror attacks September 11, 2001. But he did so, he said, with understanding that those laws had built-in expiration dates. Dates that have since been extended several times without significant public discussion. The result is the creation of an always expanding omnipresent surveillance state that hour by hour chips needlessly away at the liberties and freedoms of our founders and established for us without the benefit of actually making us any safer, Wyden said. Well, that's agenda. It, it is actually called that as perpetual war. And I've read uh, an article from the military magazine that was put out a few years back talking about perpetual war, uh, one after another, never never ending, actually. You, you don't even finish one, but you're already in another. And that's what the public would be trained from in, from then on. And that was done by an intelligence officer who was up in the in the know, obviously. And he laid out pretty, pretty well. And that's the kind of world we're living in, perpetual war. Many others at the top of it have said in other articles, too, that this war will go on forever. Uh, and it will, folks, until the whole agenda that was planned 100 years ago is completely fulfilled. It's not just a war abroad. It's a war on people inside the nations. It's the end of nations, too, to come out of it as well through financial clout at the end and the lack of cash. That's part of the built-in agenda and restructuring of society altogether. That's the way it's supposed to go. Now, Tonight, too, I'll put up an article. It's called Shocking Extermination Fantasies by the People Running America's Empire on Full Display at the Aspen Summit. And it says, uh, and it goes through uh, what happens. It's uh, this big um, audience packed with spooks, spies, lawmakers, lawyers, and mercenaries. CNN's Wolf Blitzer introduced recently retired CENTCOM, S-E-N-T-C-O-M, Chief General James Mattis. And this is his work with them, Blitzer said, of matters, I know it's hard to run an operation like this. But then you find out the statements they make, and, and boy, does that give you a shock. Back with more after this. Hi, folks, we're back talking about CENTCOM, it's called. Big meeting at Aspen Institute, too, with uh, all the top guys involved in this war on terror, etc. And it's said here they're, they're talking to, um, it says, following the, ga- the gales of chain that resounded from the room, Mattis, uh, the gruff 40-year-old Marine veteran who once volunteers opinion that it's fun to shoot some people, outlined the challenge ahead. He says, the war on terror that began on 9-11 has no discernible end, he said likening it to the constant skirmishing between the U.S. cavalry and the Indians during the genocidal Indian wars of the 19th century. 
And so it's like to go on for a generation, you said. In other words, there's no discernible end to it till they've killed off everybody they wanted to kill off. His remarks made beside a, a cable news personality who acted more like a sidekick than a journalist set the tone for the entire 2013 Aspen Security Forum this July. A project of the Aspen Institute, the Security Forum, brought together the key figures behind America's vast national security state from military chieftains like Mattis to embattled National Security Agency Chief General Keith Alexander to top FBI and CIA officials, along with the bookish uh, functionaries attempting to establish legal groundwork for expanding the war on terror. And then he goes into all the different journalists who were invited into it. And, and this particular author who, or journalist who, who did this piece too, too attended, um, asked if uh, they're all getting funded, all these particular embedded journalists, you might call it, that give Americans their news and how to think about things. Uh, we're getting paid by the military industrial complex, uh, etc. And they wouldn't, he couldn't get an answer, but they pretty well hinted it certainly was. But it's quite a good article too. Also mentions to another forum sponsor that was sponsoring uh, the journalists and so on was Academy, the private mercenary corporation formerly known as Blackwater. In fact, Academy is Blackwater's third incarnation. Incarnation was first renamed XE since revelations of widespread human rights abuses and possible war crimes in Iraq and Afghanistan threw the mercenary firm into full damage control mode. The Aspen Institute didn't respond to my questions about whether accepting sponsorship from such an unsavory entity was fit within its ethical guidelines. And it says exterminating people too. John Ashcroft, the former Attorney General who prosecuted the war on terror under the administration of George Bush, appeared at Aspen as a board member of Academy. Quite interesting too, this, as I was the mutual chairs between politicians and appointees and then back in as CEOs of big corporations and even mercenary corporations. And uh, respond to a question about U.S. over-reliance on the kinetic approach of drone strikes and special forces. Ashcroft reminded the audience that the U.S. also likes to torture terror suspects, not just exterminate them. This is what's running the whole system, folks. He says, it's not true that we have relied solely on the kinetic option. He said, we wouldn't have so many detainees if we, we'd relied on the ability to exterminate people, which they also do, obviously. We've had a blended and nuanced approach for the guy who's on the other end of a Hellfire missile. He doesn't see that as a, a nuance, he says. So these are the guys having a sort of love in, you might say, living off the public purse, and including all the private mercenary corporations too. And guys have done awfully well within government itself, and even better once they, they get rewarded when they leave government and get into be CEOs of big corporations. But that's how things work in the real world, folks. That's really, really how it works. That's that's how life really is. Also, it's so bad inside the U.S. as they bring down the whole system. It's just going, going, still going. Detroit family home still for sale after 519 days, despite being on the market for just. One dollar, it says here. I mean, no one wants to live there anymore. It's such a, it's like a third world. It's a third world system there. And even the houses, there's so many houses up for sale. Big gangs and, and different ones have, have ripped out the plumbing and the wiring and all the rest to sell it for copper, etc., etc. That's just a, it's an absolute mess. And it was an awfully nice place at one time when they, before they moved everything offshore, etc., and made sure that Americans had work in their own country. Also, an article to do with uh, Gerfek again. Gerfek has, has, has been trialled in Scotland, 
and people are heading back at it too. They don't want this incredible. It's not just an intrusion into the family home. Every every child in Scotland is is to be given a state guardian by by the, the, the state, who is allowed to come into the home anytime they want to, and interfere, of course, naturally, and then write up confidential memos to their bosses about them. And so on and so on To make sure the child's wellness is okay They're claiming But it's to do with their indoctrination I've gone through the questions that ask the children And it's just astonishing But not so astonishing It's what the Soviets wanted to do But never got that far You understand that um, the Rees Commission That was done back in the 50s To find out why the big foundations In the US Like the Rockefeller, Ford, Carnegie And all the rest of them Were funding what appeared to be Communist institutions uh, they found out that Norman Dodd, when he questioned the one at Ford uh, Foundation, he was quite honest, he says, we take our orders from the White House. And he said the job is to change the culture so much in America that uh, without people even knowing that they'd integrate it with that of the Soviet Union. Now, the Soviet Union was to blend with the West. It's all been done, folks. In fact, it was a super Soviet now. It really is a super Soviet to do with human engineering and, and the manipulation of the psyche. And training the children from birth into to be good citizens. Now, good means whatever the present government wants them to be. Same with the adults too, by the way. So, Gerfeck breaches Article 8 and the Data Protection Act. It says, I'll put that up tonight too, to show you that they don't, they don't care at the top. Understands uh, that the U.S. Constitution, if, if the governments are not following the Constitution, uh, then you've got a lawless government. They should, they, should, they should really come out and define what it is. Understand? Also, an article from the Japan Times about this surveillance system, and it's called the Five Eyes Surveillance System. That's what it's called, and it's been called that since World War II, at least. And it says that, um, that the Five Eyes group uh, together has five English-speaking democracies, the U.S., Britain, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand, in a collaboration that began during World War II. And it's to do with, uh, it says, Britain needed the U.S. intelligence to help thwart major terrorist attack. It says, New Zealand relied on it to send troops to Afghanistan, and Australia used it to help convict a would-be bomber. All feats were the result of a spying alliance known as the Five Eyes that groups together five English-speaking democracies, and they point to a vital lesson. American information is so valuable, experts say, that no amount of global outrage over secret U.S. surveillance powers could cause Britain, Canada, uh, Australia, and New Zealand to ditch the Five Eyes relationship. And it goes on and on and on. But really, uh, these are all members, remember, uh, that, that of uh, the British Commonwealth, apart from the U.S. Although, I think I mean, it's all the same system. Because the guys who came up with the idea of the British Commonwealth uh, were to do with the royal issue of international affairs. And Lord Alfred Milner actually coined that term. It sounded better than the Dominion, the British Dominion, or English Dominion of the world, uh, and they called it the British Commonwealth. And uh, and because the, the U.S. branch of the Royal Institute of International Affairs is called the CFR, uh, then uh, uh, they're on board with it too, completely. In fact, they were given the job of finishing it off, and financing it and so on, and giving the military to finish it off. I'll put this link up tonight as well. Also in Detroit, uh, it's quite amazing to do with the amount, uh, the police officers now that are, I guess, supplementing their wages. But it says multiple Detroit police officers are suspected of armed robbery during traffic stops. And uh, so it says, uh, it says there are reports of multiple incidents involving at least three officers 
One victim said he was pulled over by three men in unmarked Crown Victoria. The man was searched, and while he answered questions, and the cops took his wallet and CDs. <laughs> Another involved two men in black Ford F-150 with police lights pulling into a gas station, allegedly pistol-whipped customers pumping gas. The men then stole cash and cell phones from their victims. A warning went out to be on the lookout for fake cops, but it turns out those officers were not fake at all. It appears the sergeant in this case was driving his personal vehicle. It's just getting so blatant, isn't it? Uh, this is what you get in a failed state. It's like Africa. And Africa going from little, little internal country to internal country, you better take lots of cheap watches with you and things like that, because that's how you get through. Everything's just corrupt, you see. And that's the natural way there. And so if you don't have them, you're in trouble, you know. But as I say, when you see the signs of a failed state within your own country, you've got big problems. But again, do you really? Because that's the plan. That's the plan, folks. And the big boys will have their solutions down the road. They know what's coming. It's meant to come. It's planned that way, folks. Planned that way. Well, from Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>